0: Hi, everybody. I'm Joshua Danziger,
1: and I'm Ethan Canfield.
0: Today is Thursday, May 11th, 2023. And this
1: is The Young Perspective, where we talk about America's biggest political and social dilemmas from the eyes of two high schoolers.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Young Perspective. On January 19th of this year, 2023, I got a news alert that said the U.S. had hit its national debt limit of $31.4 trillion. This is what's known as the debt ceiling. That's, that's a lot of money. Um, and the reason we have such a, a debt ceiling is because the U.S. has what's called a deficit. So we spend more money than the U.S. government makes in tax revenue. So the U.S. spends about a trillion dollars more than it makes tax revenue every year, and this has been constant since 2001. We've we've had a deficit that large, and because of that, we have to borrow money to cover that billion-dollar deficit. So we add this all the money we're borrowing to what's known as the national debt. We started the national debt in 1919. It's been accumulating over 100 years, and now we've hit that limit.
1: But but like you know, what really is the national debt? So in World War One. The U.S. decided to simplify its process of allowing the federal government to uh, take out debt for borrowing money, um, and in this process they decided to use was creating something called a debt ceiling or a national debt limit. And so, the debt ceiling is a set amount of money that Congress sets, um, and it's uh, that Congress sets. And the purpose of the debt ceiling is to say this is the amount of money. That the federal government can take out in debt to cover its costs and its losses um, that it uses for various programs and actions as the federal government does. And so only so much money is taken out or so only so much money is gained through taxes by the government. And so the rest of that money that the government needs to do things like social security and food stamps and, and paying veterans, things like that, they need extra money. They need to borrow that money to take in debt. And so that's why the debt ceiling is there to set a limit on how much the actual, how and actually how much can the federal government take out uh, each
0: year? So when the US hits the debt ceiling, they have two options. The first option is, is that Congress could vote to raise the debt ceiling, the lim- the, the maximum min- uh, limit to which debt can be. And this has happened in Congress actually 78 times. It's very regular in the last 10 years, it's happened seven times. These, our debt just keeps rising. So they keep having to raise the limit. Um, and that would allow the US to continue accumulating greater amounts of debt. Or the US could do nothing. And this would result in what's called a default on the debt. So in January, the US hit the debt limit. That means they had borrowed a certain amount of money and they couldn't borrow any more money. They could continue spending that borrowed money until it ran out. And what they do often with this borrowed money is they pay back other loans that they've taken out. So they take out more loans to pay back other loans. So they're going to keep paying back these loans until that borrowed money runs out. And they can't take out any more loans to continue paying, paying back the loans. So eventually, this borrowed money will run out. The, the When it runs out, the US goes into what's called default when it cannot pay back its loans. This treasury expects the US to go into default in just three weeks time, June 1st. And this is the capacity to have massive effects on the U.S. economy.
1: So for the past few months, since January 19th, now even up until June 1st, the federal government, including Congress, the Treasury, uh, the executive branch, Biden, his administration, they've all been working together to try to solve this problem and prevent the U.S. from going into default. Historically, the U.S. has never gone into default. So it's kind of hard to say what will happen but economists have predicted that this is a terrible situation in which no one wants to go into this will affect millions of americans Lo- jobs will be lost if the debt ceiling is raised the us won't have its money to pay back its loans and so because of this um there won't be able to pay for new programs so in june right when this was, right in june that's when it's expected to have the default if nothing is done 50 billion dollars in social security benefits are set to go out so that money won't go out if the US hits its default 20 billion in medicaid 6 billion in federal salaries 20 12 billion in veteran benefits and 1 billion in food stamps that's a lot of money going to millions of Americans that won't go out if the US hits its default the biden administration has said that if it hits its default if that happens it will pause all sp- will pause all spending until it has enough money to spend all of that at once and then it will spend it So it could be a month, two months before these people get the money that they've been promised.
0: And even potentially worse than the the inability of the federal government to make these social program payments is the effects and the ripples this this default will have in the economy. So the U.S. is actually the safest lender in the world. Um, The U.S. Treasury issues what's called treasury bills. And these are the world's safest investments because in the past, the U.S. has never defaulted on their loans before, so they've never been unable to pay back the, the, the loans before. So if somebody, somebody's taken a bond out, they've always paid it back. And they're universally recognized as the safest investment in the world. Because they're such safe investments, the interest rates for treasury bills have always been low. And because no investment can get safer than the treasury bill, no investment has a lower interest rate. So it's like the safe investment is the treasury bills. But if the US defaults on its loans, the US is likely to see its credit rating downgrade because it develops a history of not paying back its debt. When the credit downgrades, when the credit rate downgrades, there is more risk for investors of treasury of treasury bills. So there's they're more likely not to get their money paid back. That means there's more risk. And when there's more risk, this means the treasury will be forced to pay higher interest rates to compensate for the greater risk higher interest rates mean borrowing across the whole economy becomes more expensive because when the treasury raises its interest rates that means all other bonds raise their interest rates all other investments have to raise their interest rates because no no interest you know no interest rates can really be below the treasury because that that's the, that's the benchmark thus interest rates rise the economy becomes more expensive to borrow in the economy. The economy does not grow as much. People don't take out loans to buy homes or buy cars or or, to to contribute to the economy. Economic growth shrinks. The U.S. enters a recession. So it's said that immediately after the default, it would halt about one-tenth of the U.S. economic activity. Um, According to a couple of think tanks, this would add $130,000 to the cost of the average 30-year mortgage and a raising the interest rates that would be caused by the default would increase the national debt by another $850 billion. So it could be catastrophic for the consumer, for the business, for the economy as a whole.
1: And these are just projections. We don't actually know what would happen because this has never happened. And, because, and the reason why it's never happened is because the federal government knows how bad this is and they're scared. No government, no president, no congressman, no house majority leader, Senate majority leader wants to be in office while this happens. They don't want the blame on them. They will do anything really to stop this from happening. And so that's why over, you know, the last 60 years, this has happened 70, this is the debt ceiling has been raised 78 times. Another option, which has been popular in the last 10 years since 2013, Congress has raised, Congress, instead of raising the debt ceiling, they actually suspend it and put a temporary halt on it. Uh, Seven times they've done this in the past 10 years. So instead of like, you know, saying that we're going to, so instead of saying that they're going to raise it, they just stop it for a time period, allowing the government to pay its debts, and then it resumes. And so there are other options that can be taken. And that's what's, being, and that's what's been happening in the past few months. The past few months is Congress, federal government, they've been negotiating and trying to figure out uh, the best option you know, for both parties to stop this from happening.
0: The Stakes are high, especially for the Democrats, especially for President Biden, if the government defaults. This is because the, the Democrats are in control. Biden is the incumbent and that means he has more to lose. So because he's in power, he's more likely to be blamed by the unemployment, by the rise in stock you know the the stock market tanks, by the rise in interest rates. So when the economy gets worse, he's the incumbent president, he's going to be blamed. So the stakes are pretty high. He has maintained the position that the debt he wants the debt ceiling raised without any preconditions. He said he's not willing to negotiate over the matter. So basically, the Republicans are willing to raise the debt ceiling but if the Democrats will agree to this or agree to that, and Biden says he wants to raise the debt, the, the de- he wants to raise the debt ceiling with no conditions.
1: So the Republicans actually have in the House passed a bill. They did this in April that would suspend the debt ceiling uh, for a temporary amount of time, but in turn it would ra- it would cut federal spending on all sorts of projects by fourteen percent in the next decade. So that has huge effects on on projects that Democrats and others alike have been working on for the next decade. That has a it's a huge foreseeable future, and Democrats, you know, are 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 pretty outraged by this. They aren't gonna, you know, in the Senate, they're not gonna pass this. Biden said that if this came to him, he would veto this. So the Democrats really aren't going to accept this. They want a situation where they can raise it at ceiling without having to make any conditions and have without having to make any cuts elsewhere.
0: Yet the Republicans control the House. And that makes it's going to make it hard for the Democrats to not make any concessions. The Republicans, you're not going to ha- because the Republicans control the House, you, you are likely to have a couple you're likely to have a, a group of kind of radical Republicans who are not going to vote to raise the debt ceiling unless they replace Kevin McCarthy, who's the, the Republican Speaker of the House. So a lot of Republicans don't want Kevin McCarthy as a speaker, and they're not going to raise the debt ceiling unless they you know, Kevin McCarthy agrees to step down, or the Republican Party agrees to put somebody new as Speaker. So this is going to stifle the process because McCarthy's not going to vote on any legislation that's going to make him lose his job. He's not going to put himself in the position to make, his lo- make him lose his job. So that adds another level of complication where the Republicans kind of want to raise—they want to raise the debt ceiling to, to prevent economic, you know, ruin. Yet they want concessions from the Democrats. And many also want to remove McCarthy. McCarthy wants to raise the debt ceiling, doesn't want to get moved, doesn't want, you know, wants concessions from Democrats. Democrats want to, they don't really care about McCarthy. Maybe they, they want to keep him and they don't want concessions. Everybody has a different agenda.
1: We have to look at McCarthy in this situation because he's kind of caught in the middle of this. On the one hand, he does not want to go into a default at all. That would be horrible for him, horrible for the US. On the other hand, he wants to keep his job and he needs the far right, the radical Republicans in Congress to support him. He needs people like Marjorie Taylor Greene to continue to support him as as speaker. And if he accepts uh, a raise in the debt ceiling without making significant cuts, then they're not going to support him anymore. And so we have a situation in which the people who are kind of who are in power in this situation are, are partly in power are those in the really far right. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that, you know, this has happened time and time again. Congress has always been in this situation. They've always come out of it. They're going to make a decision. They're just waiting to the deadline to see if something can happen. It's going to get passed. Something's going to happen. We're not going to go into the default. We have to look at, you know, who's part of this problem. And part of it is people who are radical Republicans in the House who have made some pretty questionable decisions in the past. So who knows if they just go with it and go into a default this time.
0: So I think we can all agree that we hope the the federal government, whether it's the president or Congress, takes the necessary actions to prevent a default, because I don't want to see people losing their jobs. I don't want to see an economic downturn. So on that note, this is going to conclude this week's episode of The Young Perspective. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Young Perspective. You can find our website at theyoungperspective.net or on Instagram at the underscore young underscore perspective or You can email us at ejtheyoungperspective at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And remember,
1: this was The Young Perspective.